Oh, and, and what a joy it was to watch those uh, national honours being bestowed. Some of them were bestowed posthumously. There were 30 of them uh, in total that were, dis uh, that, that were dispersed uh, today. And some of the recipients included uh, the amazing Dr. Rebecca Malope. I, I don't know about you, but as she was coming up, I low-key was hoping she'd go, Hallelujah! But she kept her cool, she kept it calm, very graceful throughout the um, in, entire proceedings. But the joy there was just palpable. Also, the founding member of uh, the Ladysmith Black Mambazo, Dr. Begizizwe Shabalala, also received uh, an, an award today, as well as uh, the retired Constitutional Court Justice Edwin Cameron. He received the Order of the Baobab in gold. It's 38 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. In just a moment, our thought leader, Thursday, begins. Now, today our guest is a phenomenal African woman and a leading specialist on the public health sector. Really, a person who is at the forefront to see more girls as well as more women occupy positions of leadership in the areas of science all over the continent. She is Dr. Namwinga Chintu, Africa Partnership Director at Women Lift Health. Dr. Chintu, welcome to Metro FM Talk. Great to have you as our thought leader today. Thank you very much, Tani. My voice is coming from all the way across the Limpopo, so I hope you can hear me well. Yes, we can, and, and thank you for making the time to join us. So let's talk about Women Lift Health. Uh, wh what is it, and how, how is it structured? What do you do? Great. So this is, this is a new organization that has been, you know, uh, put together to respond to the needs of women in leadership. You know, as you know, Tammy, there have been several conferences around women's rights and women's leadership, but... This organization was specifically put together to respond to the needs of uh, women, particularly in global health, to see how we can, you know, um, expand their sphere of influence and lift their voices to become the next uh, global leaders in health. And this is so important, Tammy, because when you look at the health sector and you look across the health sector, what you see are some very interesting statistics you will find that, you know, the bulk of the majority, 70% of the workforce in health is women. And then when you go to the, you know, the leadership level, you'll find that it's only 25% who are, you know, at, at, at some sort of leadership or managerial level. And when you go to the CEO level, it's only 5%. So there is an issue around getting women leaders, women leaders into, into health. So women lift health, you know, have been put together to respond specifically to bring mid-career women who are just at the cusp of getting to the next level to give them the tools, the space, the networking uh, that they, they wouldn't normally get to push them to the next level. Now, we also realize that um, it's not only the individual woman, but the environment in which she lives. So we're also trying to work with institutions and within institutions to see how we can affect that change. But apart from that, there also, there's also the larger society, which we need to bring up to speed on the importance of women's leadership. So we just ended our fifth 
women leaders, uh, women uh, leaders, global leaders in health conference. It just ended two days ago, and we had about 1,300 participants. And all this is partly to influence societal change on the need to have women leaders in health. Tommy, I can go on. <laughs> now, now, when we talk, I'll let you ask a couple of questions. No, so so when we look at at women in leadership, specifically on the African continent, where are there pockets of hope? Are there certain countries on the continent that you look at and you say, here perhaps is a model that is worth emulating, that is worth replicating in other countries on the continent? Some best practices, if you wish, that you have gleaned from the work that you do on the continent? Right. You know, Tammy, we still have a long way to go. Um, you know, women representation, for instance, in government is so important. And one country that is leading at the moment is Rwanda, uh, which has about 50% representation, you know, at cabinet level and at minister level. Um, you know, we also have, for instance, the African Union that has made statements around the importance of, uh, you know, having gender-inclusive uh, panels. So there, there is hope, but there's still a lot that needs to be, to be done, um, you know, to get to that, to, to, you know, improve gender equity, particularly in health. And you might be asking why. I mean, things have been working so well. Why do we need this diversity now? The thing is, the way that women lead is very different from the way that men lead. Women tend to be more inclusive. Women think of holistic solutions to health. And we can see, for instance, what happened during the COVID-19 pandemic, where we saw that countries that were led by women actually did better. And this more holistic approach that are more consultative in the way that they do things. So diverse leadership platforms are so important. And gender uh, diversity at leadership health tables is key in order to get communities uh, involved. Um, so yes, there are pockets of hope coming, but we still have a lot of work to do to bring women leaders to the top because there are several barriers that women leaders in health, along with other, you know, uh, sectors, face as they, you know, as they uh, traverse their, their leadership journey. Let's focus, uh, Dr. Chintu, on the state of public health on the African continent you know, over and above the dynamics that exist for gender equity and making sure that women are not just the workers, but they are in positions of leadership and, you know, positions of ownership, that they are CEOs as well. When you look at the state of public health on the continent, how does it fare? We still have a long way to go. You know, some of the key issues are still, are still there. You know, when we look at HIV, we look at what's happening is that the populations that are most affected in terms of new infections are, you know, young girls, adolescents, and young women. You know, we look at access to family planning across the continent. We still have a huge unmet, unmet need for, for family planning. And why is family planning and contraception so important? It's because it affects communities, it affects families, and eventually it affects the, you know, the economic outlook um, uh, of, of, of countries. So Africa still has a long way to go in terms of the indicators um, around health, around the major diseases uh, that affect us. And not only that, there are other diseases that have been long-standing, for instance, TB, neglected tropical diseases, 
there are still a problem, and there's still a problem in communities. And these communities are really, when you look at the leadership and the structure, they're mostly women-led. Um, I think one of the greatest e examples that I've come across in the recent past is some of the work that Goodbye Malaria has been doing in, 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 in Mozambique and how they put women at the forefront of managing a malaria prevention program. And these women have been trained to you know, deliver bed nets. They've been trained to deliver messages in communities. And all of this is you know, resulting into you know, fewer malaria cases in, this, in that country. And that's by putting women at the forefront of some of these interventions. And how has Africa as a continent responded to and still continues to respond to the, the COVID-19 pandemic? I mean, you highlighted some of the key pre-existing conditions and, and challenges on a health perspective, AIDS, for example, TB, uh, malaria, and now COVID-19. How have we as a continent responded to that? You know, Tammy, I think we, you know, the government, of course, COVID has been devastating, but COVID is something that no government had ever dealt with. There was no blueprint with how to deal with COVID. Um, many of the governments responded quickly by, you know, uh, locking down uh, countries. Of course, the effects of those lockdowns, you know, um, uh, in some cases were negative, but that is the information that was available at the time. But how did COVID-19 and these lockdowns affect access to health? You know, it affected access to antiretroviral um, uh, medication. It affected access to uh, family planning. It affected access to your primary health care. Children couldn't go to under five. So we're now dealing with the effects of COVID. But what COVID did also was expose the gaps in the health system. And it showed where the cracks are. Now, what you know, governments need to do is to say now that these cracks have been exposed and the gaps have been exposed, how can we better build back better? How can we respond better and make the system strong so that if we do have another pandemic, we are better prepared? So Africa did do its best. Each country had its own unique response. But I can say across the globe, there were certain things that were affected by the lockdown. You know, I mean, in some cases, we had victim support units being closed. Um, women unable to access their family planning. This has led to millions of unintended pregnancies and thousands of, of, of maternal deaths. However, again, going back to the leadership issues where there was more consultation, we found less repercussions um, in that case. I'd like us, Dr. Chintu, when we return in just a moment, to talk about the politics of health um, and, and how politics affects the quality of health on the continent. It's exactly 8.50 on Metro FM Talk. And certainly our thought leader today, Dr. Namwinga Chintu, a woman who is making her mark and has transformed uh, a lot of structures, a lot of lives on the African continent, specifically in the field of, of health um, as well as, as education. Now, Dr. Chintu, we've spoken about the dynamics of gender and health. Uh, we've also spoken about the work that you do in uh, trying to ensure gender parity and ensuring that women are capacitated and are given opportunities for leadership within 
the health structure and the tools that you help them gain and the infrastructures that you put in place. But there is also another dynamic when we look at health on the continent that directly affects it, and that is the politics of the continent. How have you seen it being reflected in the quality and the standard and the nature of healthcare in Africa? That's a great question, uh, Tammy. And I, I sort of feel that it all revolves around finding. And you find that in many African countries, we are unable to directly and completely cover our health needs. And that what this means is that we have a lot of external aid uh, funding um, some of our programs. Um, over time, some of these programs need to be taken over by, um, by the government themselves. Again, I'm just going to bring this, bring this conversation back to you know, the people who make decisions. And again, we find that the people making decisions, even at global level, mostly are men. And uh, this sort of becomes, may become a, a business and may become about politics instead of it really being about access. Because what happens at the end of the day, no matter what the politics people will demand access to care. And it always comes around. And if, if the access to care and the funding are not aligned, uh, then you get a lot of unhappy people and you get a lot of movements coming up. And then the people will demand and will change the so that the funding helps funding to the Very complex um, uh, when we talk about funds. Dominator is those that need the life of uh, communities. So it really comes down to. Uh, Dr. Namuga Chintu, unfortunately, we're going to have to try and leave our conversation there, our line, not the best of lines. Uh, but I do thank you so much for being our thought leader on this Thursday for the work that you do on the continent in the area of health, in the area of, of women. And we wish you continued success as you continue lifting as you rise. That's Dr. Namuga Chintu there, Africa Partnership Director at Women Lift Health.